podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence and is not recommended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Seriously, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, Organizations that require monetary or physical sacrifices as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organization in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! So today we are talking about the Oneida community. The spoons? Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the what? Spoons. We'll get to it. Okay. So uh, the sources that we're using today are um, the New York Times... Uh, NewYorkHistory.com, Encyclopedia Britannica, as well as Oneida.com for fine silverware, flatware, and dinnerware, um, as well as just Wikipedia, but only just for a guiding outline of times. So the thing that's a little unique about this cult is that they are um, old. They're older than most of the cults we've covered, which is kind of interesting. So they're well-documented, both through legal documents at the time and then historically documented for um, the kind of advancements they made in business and sociological personal relationships. We'll get to it. First, we have to start with the founder. So the founder of the United Community was John Humphrey Noyes. Uh, He was born in Battleboro, Vermont, uh, which if you're familiar... Battleboro? Yeah, so Battleboro, Vermont (laughs) is actually the site of a number of religious movements. Um, It's just funny that he's like, I'm from Battleboro, and I bring the noise. (laughs) (laughs) Just sounds like the world's coolest battle rapper. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, So, aside from him bringing the noise in Battleboro, other notable movements that uh, took place in whole or in part in Battleboro uh, are like the Seventh-day Adventists and um, the Kellogg Brothers. The cereal yeah, company? Yeah, yeah. Let me... Is that a religious Is that why The cereal was started there. They're like, we got lots of cereal. We need spoons. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's totally not it. The, Can I tell you about the word of God? Oh, I totally He's think, great. I'm totally wrong. <laughs> I'm thinking of Battle Creek, Michigan. So just uh, ignore all that. Uh, Battleboro, so Vermont. We'll leave your battle, bro. <laughs> uh, so uh, he's bringing the noise in Battleboro starting in 1811. <laughs> Better than the noise, am I right? Okay. Yeah, you don't want to wreck pizza. <laughs> Bring in the noise. Bring down the house. We came here to turn the party out. Okay. I have a quick question. Is this spoon cult uh, held in a drawer? Because, okay. No, it's oh. one of those little wall hanging no, things wall. where you get spoons Break from Break glass each. in case of spoon. <laughs> um, oh, I can't wait to be done with this so I could fork get about it. Get out of here. Are we getting all this on tape, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah <good>. <laughs> 
I'm so sorry. Um, so the spoon cult. Uh, I thought you guys would just be knife to me. <laughs> Hold on while I dish about this cult. <laughs> John Humphrey, bring in the noise. Uh, came from a a really nice home. Uh, they were kind of middle, upper to middle class. Um, so his father with the same name uh, was bringing the noise to Congress because he was a graduate of Dartmouth. Okay. Um, He... It's just... Okay. Here's the thing. Why do we... Why do we just accept that there is an Ivy League school called Dartmouth and no one talks about how fucking cool that is? <laughs> that the name is Dartmouth. I know it's pronounced Dartmouth. All right. Okay, I, okay, I was going to say. I, I understand. Like, I like, how many times am I going to let this stand? <laughs> no. I, I know. I may have not gone to Dartmouth or Yale, but I do know how it's pronounced. Yale? Is Yale a rapper too? <laughs> That's what educated people say. <laughs> Pitbull school of of rhyming words with the same word. Yale. But like I get it. But like it was when I was a kid, like I saw it, it was spelled dart mouth. And that's like so f- I just imagine like a big mouth opening and going huh, and then just throwing out darts and no one talks about how cool that is. And I'm very upset that you guys are looking at me angrily. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so his mother, although considerably younger than his father, uh, was very religious and wanted him to grow up to become a pastor. Um, But he was, quote unquote, a rebel uh, and decided to go to law school instead. (laughs) A law school rebel? What What a a rebel. What a rebel. Uh, He he entered Dartmouth in uh, Rebel with justifiable cops. (laughs) 1826. um, He went to a couple revivals, but... None of it mattered. Uh, it wasn't until about 1934 he went to a revival that, for some reason, shifted his belief systems, and he started developing a lot of the theories that would become the foundation for his Oneida community in the future. Well, I can relate to that. The only revival that really gets me going is the Credence Clearwater one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Down on the corner... I'm here to preach, bringing <laughs> Bibles to the... Okay, all right. Uh, so, uh, over the next few years, uh, he actually went all the way across New York and most of the rest of New England and the East Coast, uh, trying to convert people to his own type of revival, his own version. Um, after about three weeks in New York City... He had kind of a breakdown. So to top things off, uh, his most faithful follower left. And it, it kind of caused him to have a bit of a breakdown. Um, <laughs> it's like if my girlfriend unfollowed me on Instagram. It literally oh. says here, it's like his most faithful follower, Abigail Merwin, uh, left him to marry somebody else. Oh, yeah. that is like his girlfriend unfollowed him on Instagram. It might also kind of inform a little bit of what this organization becomes later on. Oh, yeah. We've um, seen it time and time again. Heartbreak is like a key factor for people starting and even joining cults. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, so short- Almost specifically in dudes, though. Yeah. Women it's seem to handle it pretty well. Girls walk that shit right off. Men are just like, oh, she doesn't love me? There is no God. <laughs> or alternative. I am the God. God. (laughs) Yeah. So um, over the next couple years, uh, he started writing articles. Um, They were published in a periodical called The Battle Axe. 
it's Battleboro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's fucking sick name, dude. I know. This Battle is- Axe Body Spray for Battleboro. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the noise. <laughs> <laughs> the the flavor of X would definitely just be called noise spelled with a Z. <laughs> oh, it's so douchey. Yeah. Uh, so his first article was uh, denouncing the institution of marriage. Um, denouncing the institution of marriage is an OG frat move. Dude, it really <laughs> lies into this whole noise business. This but it, this is 1837. Like, can you imagine in 1837 being like, okay, but what if we didn't get married? <laughs> like, that's absurd. Well, that's probably why Abigail left you, dickwad. <laughs> yeah. She needed commitment and you were being a fuckboy. Go bring the noise and the commitments. <laughs> At this point in time, so is he denouncing marriage, but being like, but we should still fuck, though, because you can't fuck before marriage back then, right? Right, although he he well, was definitely down did, with yeah, so yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's the thing is that everyone's public opinion was you can't fuck before sex but no wait get up get wait, up wait I messed that up you can't fuck before sex <laughs> <laughs> he was down with the dickness <laughs> <laughs> down with the dickness get up get up okay oh he got up. <laughs> Uh, so later that year, he also wrote a letter to a friend, and it was anonymous, anonymously published in the Battle Axe as well. Uh, and the letter said that from his interpretation, he was convinced that he was God's agent on Earth. Which, again, this just follows the, like, my girlfriend dumped me. Yeah. I just want to get my dick wet. Also, I'm God somehow. Because <laughs> every just... frat bro thinks they're the gift yeah. from oh, God. Oh, I thought he was saying, like, he's God's agent. Like, he sets up God's meetings. with <laughs> God, will you take a general with Comedy Central? Because. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's like, I'm trying to get into more serious roles. I have been doing a lot of background work. <laughs> Because I am everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, People weren't as outraged by his second article as the first one. The first one being no to marriage. Yeah, no to marriage, yes to sex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So through these articles, uh, a woman by the name of Harriet Holton uh, became interested in him and his work. So she started... <laughs> his work, quote, his unquote. Work, uh, his hard, robbing work. Uh, <laughs> so she started financially supporting him, and... <laughs> this is just Fuckboy 101! Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the world's first fuckboy! <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, so funny the United I... Community and Fuckboy International. It's also really funny how a guy who's definitely so involved with spoons definitely wants nothing to do with spooning. <laughs> He's like, we don't cuddle. The we Lord wouldn't allow it. Um, so she started uh, supporting him financially right? once he realized he would never get Abigail back. Oh, my God. Uh, is he in love or just... Okay. This is here's the thing. Fuck boys aren't born fuck boys. They get hurt once and then they're like women. They're just like the the better branded version of incels. That's what fuck boys are. Given that Abigail wasn't gonna come back, he decided to marry Harriet. <laughs> so he's settled, wow. settling for seconds. Um What's and, Harriet look like? Is she a good looking broad? You know, I don't have any pictures of her, mm. but uh he explained quote and this is from uh, NewYorkHistory.com. So, quote, 
their marriage would be, quote unquote, a spiritual one, even though for that time period it would be a carnal or earthly marriage. But he felt that marriage would benefit both of them, and they, according to his teachings, selfishly possess one another. Wait so, a second. So he wrote this whole treatise on not believing in marriage, but then a girl comes along and's like, I will financially support you. He's like, got it, bitch. No, 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 well, no, no, no. But here's the thing. They would not selfishly possess one another. He's proposing an open, open marriage. marriage. Oh, He's shit. leaving that door open for Abigail if she wants to come back. Abigail has already forgotten his name. Abigail's like <laughs> running for the hills being like, this axe body spray noise, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is so, like, oh my god. Even the coincidences with like names and stuff, he just is a fuckboy. He's a total so fuckboy. Fuck did he post all of these things, like his decrees, did he just post them on SoundCloud? <laughs> he got, he got uh, daguerreotypes made, but only of his shirtless body. <laughs> <laughs> A bird comes and swipes down a letter and you open it up and it's just a very good drawing of his dick. (laughs) (laughs) That he sent by carrier pigeon? That's shaking, though. Yeah, then the next one comes and it's like, ye old back rub? (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm feeling like it's it's a well-drawn picture of his dick and then one of those old-timey Coca-Cola bottles next to it for size. I'm tired of all these 3 a.m. pigeons coming bringing letters saying, Are ye up? Be ye awake? Be ye awake? <laughs> a pigeon flies back and drops off a letter and he opens it and it just says, Scene at 3.28 a.m. Girl, come ride on my four-quarter horse. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, so, his... <laughs> His main reason for getting married is he felt like people would take him a little more seriously. Um, (laughs) I feel like people would take my message of not getting married more seriously if I got married. Right. Um, So after he got married, he helped arrange the marriages of his sisters to two of his closest followers. Um, They were students from his Bible Institute, which he had started um, just a year or so before. So he started his own Bible Institute just because. Why did he want his sisters to be in open marriages? Did he also want to fuck them? Uh, We'll get to that. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know that he. I don't think he fucked his siblings, but, you know. Uh, so he also gained his younger brother George as a follower and his own mother who originally had been very upset by the way he'd been using the family estate to finance his religious endeavors religious endeavors mean fucking right 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 at this point they now had kind of a group that would govern the movement so in 1840 they started their first kind of official collective um And in 1844, they formally adopted communism by which to live. So they basically founded a commune and were living in a society that included all property of family, living, and associations. So at that time, there were about 37 members. Uh, They lived in about three different houses, maintained a store, and worshipped together in a small chapel. Uh, They ran a couple farms. um, And Noy's father passed away, which left... Um, a considerable estate to most of the members who were in the community so they were able to support themselves. Classic fuckboy using daddy's money to keep fucking. The the parallels are so fucking crazy. It's really right? good. Like, it's really good. It's insane. So around this time as they kind of grew their compound they in they 
officially declared doctrines of mutual criticism, uh, which is basically every member of the community was subject to criticism by committee or the community as a whole during a general meeting. Battle! 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 The goal was to eliminate undesirable character traits. Oh my god. You so fat! You jumped and got stuck, motherfucker! And then everyone laughs and they're like, but you are so fat. Please fix this. Stop it. Um. So, uh, it was the goal is to eliminate undesirable character traits as part of their greater narrative of they call it perfectionism, but they use it a little bit differently than we would use the term today. So, perfectionism for them, they believed. Uh, so, once you've accepted Christ as your personal savior, you're mm. perfect, and you should be living perfect. So okay. that's why they're criticizing each other. Okay. So they this is almost reminiscent. Um. Well, I guess reminiscent. Oh my god. This evanescence? Is, this is almost evanescence. Uh, <laughs> wake me up and say, uh, Don't this. cry to me if you're a fuck boy. Go ahead. <laughs> I know this came before that, but I just mean like uh, the, the tactics uh, really remind me of. Um, there's a parallel between this and conflict therapy, which we've seen in other cults in the past that we've covered. I yeah, mean. like Synanon and Sidhu schools both use yeah. conflict therapy. Just basically therapy. yelling at you for all the things so wrong the in an attempt to fix it. the interesting with these is, I don't know that they're necessarily yelling so much as they're just like bringing you to a meeting and they're like, we've decided that your hair's too long. So what? they're like the mean and girls. Who said this? <laughs> and you could like, you could counter back. Because it was mutual. So you could just be like, well, I say it's just fine. <laughs> like, hoop earrings don't look good on you, Becky. So mm, it's my thing now. Counterpoint, your face is way too long, bitch. <laughs> Why don't you go eat some sugar cubes and apples for your horse ass face? Battle! Battle! battle. <laughs> um, another thing that they had Battle! <laughs> bro, battle! <laughs> bro. <laughs> Bring the noise. Uh, <laughs> another thing that they adopted for their community right around this time was something called complex marriage, which we would understand today as polyamory. Okay. So, Not necessarily bad. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, that's the thing. The problem with polyamory is it's never equal. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like... I, I in would these say, cults, I should in say. In these cults, yeah. yeah. I know I, friends that are Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I have polyamorous friends now who, they have very regimented ways in which they interact with their partners that establish kind of a... A code. A standard for behavior. Yes. and a, Yeah, whatever. Um, this was actually pretty close. I would say of the cults that we've covered that are polyamorous, this is probably the closest to being equal. Okay. Um, so... They they rejected, they didn't really like the term free love because they believed that sex should mainly be for procreation, but they okay. also accepted that it was pleasurable and that it could be a good stress release. Oh, wow. But they also knew, this is the 1840s, um, that there's a huge toll of responsibility and physical um, exertion from having children. And you didn't want to have accidental children. Yeah. So in addition to complex marriage, they also really believed in um, essentially edging. Hot. Yeah. I'm a big they, fan, honestly. <laughs> they called it male continence. Uh, 
coitus reservatus. Edging is, uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar, the practice of bringing yourself so close to climax that you're about to come and then not doing it. Right. And then uh, I believe just repeating this for... Some people do it for like extended periods of time. Like That would be these people. Yeah. Are they cool with masturbation? Yeah. That's the thing is that you don't, you don't, even in masturbation, what? you don't come. Yeah. yeah. You just, and the, the thought process is you do this enough, so finally when you are ready to come, it's like the best come. So Does that make sense? Yes. They're doing this for a slightly different reason. Oh. Um, because they don't want, they're using it as birth control, essentially. Oh. Have you ever tried to think really horny? Where you like almost came, but you didn't? And you're like, oh, I'm going to just go about my life and complete tasks. Why? <laughs> you're the worst version of yourself. Don't do it. I also like Always how they're come. like, they were like, uh, they were like, yeah, maybe the dude shouldn't come. Well, so here's the thing. And, and I do not recommend this as a form of birth control. Um, but in 20 years, so from 1848 to 1868, there were only 12 unplanned births. Oh. That's an amazing track record. Yeah. For 200 people at this point, having unprotected sex, 12. Um, so he believed that uh, ejacul- ejaculation drained men's vitality and led to disease. And that pregnancy and childbirth levied a heavy tax on the vita- on the vitality of women. That is true. Yeah. Um, he allegedly started uh, ascribing male continence to spare his wife Harriet from more difficult childbirths after five traumatizing births. Aww. Um, of which four led to the death of the child. That's oddly sweet of mm-hmm. him. So... Um, they found it to be natural, healthy, and favorable for the development of inter- intimate relationships. So they basically were like, fuck all you want. Just don't come. Anyway. <laughs> um, so they they didn't uh, do consequence-free sex for pleasure, but believed because of the natural outcome of intercourse of pregnancy that raising children should be a communal responsibility. Okay. So, That's yeah. tribal. I'm okay with that. Well, I mean... It can be. It can be good or very bad. Yeah. Uh, possessiveness and exclusive relationships were frowned upon. Well, it can be good. And women over the age of 40 were to act as sexual mentors to adolescent boys. Hell yeah. Okay. Real into it. <laughs> <laughs> because these uh, relationships didn't really carry a high chance of conceiving. Um, and these women also would become religious role models for these young men. What the fuck? Is this a real thing? This is this a another real. April Fool's? I think Fools? Armando wants to join this cult. There's... This is not an April Fool's. This is a very real thing. But we're talking like, this is the 1840s. These boys are 13, 14. Oh, that's less good. Yeah. Pedophiles. Well, but, uh, likewise, know. older men often introduced young women to sex. Oh, Ooh, not a fan. Boy. Uh, Noise usually used his own judgment in determining the partnerships that would form. Not good. He would often encourage relationships between the non-devout and the devout in the community. Um, They also, because they believe... Maybe this religious beliefs will rub off on them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Because they believed that they wanted children to, A, be communally raised so that everyone was raised with a similar standard of living Mm -hmm. and similar belief system, um, which in some ways removes things like, hey, you know, no one can be a deadbeat parent if everyone is raising the kids. In addition to wanting to raise these children to the highest 
quality level that they could as far as their actual raising of them. Mm -hmm. They also wanted to breed the perfect children. So they engaged in something called stirpiculture. Um, What? It's a form of eugenics. Oh, never good. Well, so I would say this is the tamest form of eugenics. Is that what the spoons are for? Like measuring faces or (laughs) (laughs) what's this? Witchcraft. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so this nope, not good. I only need three teaspoons of nose. Thank oh, you. Uh, oh, so nose. In 1869. Uh, essentially, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so essentially, what they did is something that Hitler would try later um, in his Lebensborn program. If any of you are familiar with the Lebensborn. It's where you participate in selective breeding. So you pick your strongest men and your most beautiful women with the traits that you desire in the children, and then you pair them up. And in this case, they would pair them up, and then they would repair and basically switch it up because variety creates the strongest. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you had a group of about 53 women and 38 men and they basically built an entire new wing on the Oneida Community Mansion House. What's up? She's making fucking googly eyes at me and doing fucking like, mmm. <laughs> fucking Hitler. What the fuck is your problem? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, could you get back to the Nazis' birth control plan, please? Well, the Nazi birth control plan was where they would pick people with the best Aryan characteristics and then breed those children. And some of those children actually grew up after the war, and one of them is in the band ABBA. (laughs) 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 Fuck yeah. But these people are Nazis. They're just weird white people. Um, So they built uh, an extra wing onto the mansion that would house these 53 women and 38 men to basically create as many children as possible. They ended up... uh, giving birth to 58 children. Nine of those were fathered by bring in the noise and the gum. We came here to push the babies out. Okay. Um, so once the children were weaned, usually right around the age of one, they were raised communally in the children's wing of the mansion. Parents were allowed to visit, um, but the children department had jurisdiction over raising the offspring so if they suspected that a parent and child were bonding too closely this is like the giver yeah they would enforce a period of separation because they wanted to kind of stop the affection of just one parent and child basically they wanted it to be communal okay um that, mm, okay so remember how we talked about in a lot of cults where polyamory is practiced it's often unequal yeah Um, This is a rarity in that um, essentially women had freedoms in the commune that they couldn't have on the outside. So they didn't have to care for their own children because they had the communal child raising system. Um, And they were free from unwanted pregnancies because of the male continence practice. So they were also allowed to wear bloomer style like pants. Oh, that's amazing. Which is radical for the time. Um, Totally radical, dude. Radical, dude. Tubular. Um, Yo, bro. And they were also allowed to maintain short haircuts. Again, very unusual for the time. This is 1863? This is 1868. That's amazing. Almost 1869. They were also allowed to participate in all types of community work. So while they tended still towards domestic duties, like... 
house cleaning or cooking, um, they were free to do other things. If you didn't want to cook or clean house, like if you just weren't good at it, um, they would let them take positions in their business and sales departments for the companies that they would eventually kind of bring out. They could also be artisans or craftsmen. And many did that in like the late 1860s and early 1870s. They had an active role in shaping the commune policy. They had equal votes. Um, what what town or what state is this in again? This is upstate New York. Upstate New York. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so they also, so with the complex marriage arrangement, women and men had equal freedom to choose sexual partners, if that makes sense. So while a lot of them were assigned for child breeding and stuff, you could have sex with anyone else that you wanted, essentially, as long as you weren't creating children from it. So, like... You know, essentially, if a woman was like, I feel like I need sex, she could just go ask somebody, which, as we've covered in other cults, not always the case, not the case. Now, that said, women's right of refusing sexual overtures was a little bit limited, Mm. depending on the status of the man that made the advance. Ooh, I don't like it. Right. So if if bringing the noise wanted a little bit bit of that cookie, like then that cookie had to crumble. Then your consent kind of went out the window. <laughs> it's a little rough. But aside from that, they had roughly equal status in the community. Um, so they were, and, and both genders were kind of subject to bringing the noises, vision, and will. Um, but women weren't. Was this a persecuted? Com- I guess is the word. Was this a completely heterosexual sexual experience? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. From what I could tell. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm sure for the time, but it's not quite there yet. You know. Right. Yeah. It's no. still super early. Right. And well, and what I would probably say to you is, I cannot guarantee that there were not homosexual relationships happening. There's just currently no record of it. Yeah. But I feel like if you pile 200 adults into a community and we're just like, hey, fuck whoever, it's going to happen. And you're putting women in pants with short haircuts? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. That's trouble. Yeah. So uh, the wider society outside of the commune, not a fan. Yeah. A lot of Um, uncovered wagons, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Uh, People didn't really like them, but... They were very successful business-wise. So they had an animal trapping company that basically pro- <laughs> it produced uh, like metal animal traps. Oh, I thought you meant like fur trapping. No, I'm so sorry. Um, they no? produced okay. animal traps. They also um, farmed and they had logging business. But by and large, their largest form of income was their silversmithing and dinnerware business. Spoons. Spoons. So they made spoons? They make spoons, forks, knives, wine glasses, dishes. We'll get to it. Okay, so you're telling me that this this fucking cult, like, basically, because all they seem to do is really just get real into who's fucking who and fucking each other and just a lot of forking and now they're making spoons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where the fork runs away with the spoon. Right. After a lot of people got mooned. Right. (laughs) I okay. I have a quick question. So sure. the Oneida is also a branch of Native Americans. Is that what they took their name from, or is this like the Oneida Valley? I think they're in the same region. Okay. Yeah. So they stole a Native American's name, made a fuck cult, and then started selling spoons. Right. Exactly. Okay, cool. 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 Uh, so the community. No, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> not cool. <laughs> 
The community lasted until bringing the noise uh, attempted to pass leadership of the community onto his son, Theodore Noise. Theo Noise? Theo Noise? Teddy Noise. The Noise. Yeah, that's probably better. Uh, So Theodore was kind of an agnostic and was not a, a big leader. He didn't really believe in any of the spiritual aspects of the community. Um, so it kind of divided the community. There was another community member that tried to wrest control for himself. And there was a debate about when children should be initiated into sex and by whom. Uh, it's good to have a talk like that, maybe. <laughs> of just, yeah. like, when should we be subjecting these children to fucking 40-year-old women? Yeah, <laughs> right. maybe uh, talk about it instead of more of a talk, less of a show-and-tell situation. Yeah, 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 Right, and a lot of the founding members were either aging or deceased, and a lot of the younger members of the community really kind of wanted to enter into exclusive traditional marriages. Ain't that funny? I know. Ain't that funny how you rebel against your parents? I know, and they faced a lot of pressure from the outside, um, so complex marriage was abandoned in 1879, mainly from external pressures, and the community soon broke apart um, with a bunch of the members reorganizing as a joint stock company. That joint stock company became Oneida Community Limited, and they narrowed their focus purely to silverware. So they sold off the animal trap business, the silk business, and the canning business, um, and mainly went to cutlery. They still exist as a major producer of cutlery under the brand Oneida Limited. Um, They've sold to a couple different people, but they still exist now. Um, I used to sell kitchenware. I was very familiar with Oneida as a kitchenware manufacturer before Hmm. I studied this. So I went to their website because I actually at one point had like a separate login for the website back when I still worked for a kitchenware company to see... Like, we had, like, discounts and stuff that we could get as employees of the company I worked for on mm-hmm. some of these items. This shit is expensive as fuck. It is. They're currently owned by Anchor Hawking, which is one of the few kitchenware um, and glassware manufacturers that's still in the United States. Um, Anchor Hawking also owns Corningware, if you're familiar <laughs> with Corningware. No. <clears throat> I know this is just me nerding out, uh, but Anchor Hawking owns Oneida right now. Uh, so these are all their silverware. They actually produce... In, they sometimes will produce third-party silverware. Like, I believe they make some of um, Crate and Barrel silverware. Um, they've also got dinnerware, basic white or solid color plates. <laughs> <laughs> After that Gen X movement, I figured it would only be white plates. But that's right. Fine. No, there's, there's color. Uh, they do uh, wine glasses as well as um, if you ever watched, I know it was a big deal like two, three years ago. Chloe Kardashian had this video about how she organizes her cookies in jars in her kitchen. It's like a two minute video of her being like, stack the Oreos against the side. She's using these jars. Okay. Um, so on their website, if you go to basically their home site on the side, it has a little section that says brand history. And if you click on it, it just says, sorry, you've reached a page that's no longer here to access the page you're looking for. If you know a hacker or want to become a hacker, please hack into this just to put a page that just says cults, cults, cults. (laughs) If you want to know the extent of Andrea's relationship with technology, (laughs) just re-listen to that last episode. 
Um, How does my Starbucks app work? I'm so confused. <laughs> I feel like a, you feel like if you just learned HTML, you'd be a hacker. That's what <laughs> I'm still at covered wagon stage of computer understanding. <laughs> One time I pressed inspect element and she went, ooh, coding. <laughs> I still don't know what that means. Um, so, yeah, and anchor hawking, the company that now kind of More like edging them. cocking. Edging cocking. They were some of the that first to That sounds like make. Stephen Hawking's porn name <laughs> they were one of the first to make like glass tupperware wait what really yeah yeah, yeah. like glass food storage huh because that's how we first got them in our store was we got glass food storage from them and then we got like some glass serving ware and stuff and like microwavable um like casserole dishes and stuff hmm so yeah quite the scoop yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> who, pretty good. Who yeah. knew how much fucking had to go into one glass casserole dish? <laughs> what a wild ride. I know. None of this was... This seems like we took a Mad Lib thing and then just made an episode out of it. I know, and yet, accurate. Uh, give me a verb. Edging. <laughs> give me a location. Upstate New York. Give me an object. Glass casserole dishes. <laughs> well, well, damn. I know, right? That's it, right? Yeah, that. I mean, that's that's it. People fucked, and now we have dinnerware. That's pretty much sums up <laughs> us as a people. So many people fucked, and now we have plates and spoons. Uh, well, I have some news for you guys. Ooh, I got, are you pregnant? No, not yet. Thank God. Um, so I, I got a, I got a letter the other day, a letter. I got a message on, um, Twitter from one of the fans of the show and I thought it'd be really interesting to, uh, go into it. Sure. Um, it's from Cairo Thorne, uh, one of the fans on Twitter and he says, Armando, I have been a fan of the podcast since before you were on it. The first episode you were on, I was curious why there was a guy talking, but I have grown to enjoy your presence, and you are an integral part of the show. It would not be the same without you, so don't go anywhere. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> oh, I see why you wanted to read this. <laughs> but the reason for this long message is because I am currently making the 14-hour drive from northern Ohio to Little Rock, Arkansas, so I can attend the Religious Liberties Rally that the Satanic Temple is putting on oh, tomorrow morning. Lord. They're bringing an 8 bronze statue of Baphomet yeah with the intentions of placing it on Capitol Hill next to the Ten Commandments monument it gets to stay there for I think seven days yeah uh, he says I do plan on documenting the entire things through video and photographs so if you're interested I will send you some of this stuff uh, also, if you haven't heard, and this is crazy to me, a large group of neo-Nazis are coming to protest the Satanism. Oh, jeez. And for this, he said, and it's my favorite phrase I've ever read, ever. Uh, when I think of white supremacy, I think of Armando Torres. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the good work, man. You crack me up. And then he sent me um, a picture of a news article uh, neo-Nazis call on white Christians, which we've covered before yeah, yeah. with the Christian identity movement and, and stuff like that. Um, they're 
really coming forth to protest the Satanist being there, which is kind of scary. He sent me uh, a picture. I responded, and he sent me a picture. Um, he says, the white supremacy guys showed up three deep, LOL. <laughs> Hanging out with Lucian Greaves, who is the founder of the Satanic Temple. Well, it's it's a different one. It's not the one we covered. No. And he's a little dicey as a person. Yeah. I've read some stuff. Also, apparently his real name is Doug. But... <laughs> there's Doug, a, it's Lucian. Yeah. I've done, I've done a little bit of research. We might be covering some Satanism in the future. Yeah. Well, but, we, we've covered Aunt Levain Satanism. Yeah. But Gravy, Gravesian Satanism is, is different. It's, it is. It's... um. The religion as a whole has some tenets that I really agree with, uh, but there's some other stuff that we should go into, too. Here's a picture that I'm showing you guys, and I'm going to post on the page. It's uh, the white supremacists, including one real chubby-looking guy holding up a a Confederate flag and looking like he... Right next to a Christian flag. Yeah. Looks like... He just generally looks like he works at, like, an auto zone or something. Well, here's what frustrates me is I'm like, if you're a Christian and you believe that God created all of us then you shouldn't be racist. No. Like, those are God's children. Like, the fact that, like, that those groups have intermingled really bothers me. Um, I also, you know, because I was raised religious, terrified of Baphomet, don't really like statues of it. But (laughs) I would be more willing to have statues of nothing. Because I feel this, like that'd be equal. Everyone this, gets nothing. Check out this fucking sick statue, though. Oh, God, though. that thing is fucking terrifying. That thing is fucking sick, it's bro! Been, it's been staring back at me on every social media, now, and I'm just like, Duh. I think it's so cool. I also, um, he said that guy that I was making fun of holding the, the Confederate flag, he's the leader of the KKK in Arkansas. Gross. So that guy came out just to... Pre- uh, like to do this. Here's the thing: is uh, th- this sect of Satanism that is doing this is just more or less part of the ironic uh, religions that have come forth in recent yeah. years. Yeah, to sort like of great spaghetti monster. And yeah, shit. Pastafarianism, Pastafarianism. Which I read uh, last night. Andrea and I we went to IKEA. Well, not last night, but we went to IKEA. We got a thing, and then we got drunk, and we started trying to build it. <laughs> I started trying to build it. You were researching cults. Yeah. Sort of. I was also making a bunch of food because we got drunk. and um, <laughs> That's how that works. And so we, I was reading um, some stuff, and one of the things that I came across was the open letter from the guy who started Pastafarianism. Okay. So that came about when in, uh, I believe in Kansas? Let me check. All I'm saying is I don't want giant statues of Baphomet anywhere, and if it means that we have no giant statues of any other religions, I'm okay with that. That's the thing, is that the statue <laughs> the statue of Baphomet is meant to be like, we shouldn't have statues of anything. Right, yeah. right, right. It's this like is, an art... It's like, a, it's yeah. like, like a an art installation. Yeah. It's the yeah. same statue that they always use, and it's a beautiful statue, but it is an eyesore to put... It's terrifying. It is terrifying. And it's it is... fucking terrifying. And that is, honestly, truly, that is the point. They're saying, we sh- this is fucking insane that you do this with anything else could you imagine if we well, gave and it's a state building yeah so i i am fully on board with let's get rid of all the statues so that i don't have to look at that crazy baphomet yeah. and and we're equal <laughs> i think that. that's great i also um so the the uh the original origin of pastafarianism was an open letter written to the uh kansas city school board which is um they were 
uh, trying to implement both uh, creationism mm-hmm. and evolution right. into the school system under the guise of... The public school system? Then? Yeah, the public school system under the guise of like, well, if we're teaching one, you should have the other so then students could decide which one they want to believe in. And so he said, no, that's cool, I agree with that, but you're forgetting the important third option, which is that the world was created by a flying spaghetti monster. And... Uh, Is it a baked ziti monster? No. Oh, I wish. Specifically flying spaghetti. And um, he goes on to say, like, to provide proof. And he pulls a lot of parallels between Christianity. He's like, here's the thing, is we're not going off of faith. We're actually, like, 100,000 strong. (laughs) Um, Every time that a scientist carbon dates something, and he goes into a detail about what carbon dating is. He Mm. goes, yeah, but the thing is, is whenever the results are found, it's actually the giant spaghetti monster touching the results with his noodly appendage (laughs) noodly appendage and changing that thing he also because people provide like fake uh uncorrelating uh scientific facts to bring like correlation is not causation you're aware of that so one of the things he used to parody that is he brings up and he even made an entire graph it's very funny about (laughs) how the lack of pirates is directly responsible for the rising in the temperature of earth (laughs) wait wait what yeah as we can see clearly the decrease in the number of pirates on the oceans has led to an increase in global temperatures Therefore, because there are less pirates, we are going through global warming. In the religion, they see they cite pirates as being the original Pastafarian system. And so it's just it's very silly, it's very stupid, it's all meant to be a parody. It's and contrarianism for contrarianism. Yes. Sake. Some of it is funny and some of it is good. Like this was a sarcastic letter to be like, what you're doing is stupid. Some of the ways that people use it, because my honest belief is that you should be able to practice whatever religion you want without pushing it onto other people. Right. Some of this contrarianism is kind of defeating the purpose, I think, for my, me, because it's like, I'm not religious, but who am I to say that you can't be religious? Right, That's right, putting right. us on the same place. I think the, but the point of the Pastafarian movement and the point of even people like this is they're like look it's fine if you believe this thing but my tax dollars shouldn't go to yes. propagating a specific right, religion right, right. or a specific religious belief which, right. is- which i am on board with because i'm like hey one one religion doesn't get to supersede another in a secular forum the, if that makes sense the irony of the kkk people showing up to protest um this sculpture is actually that one of the original tenements of the KKK was tenants tenants sorry one of the original one of the original renters of the KKK the KKK was was part of the people that were into the separation of church and state originally yeah because they didn't want Catholic schools and Catholic beliefs to dictate because a lot of like school and education was was founded by Catholic people and they're like oh shit we don't believe in those dumb Catholic things we don't want that to be part of our school system we want the separation of church and state and now 100 200 years later they're like wait we want these commandments on the Capitol Hill so and the thing is is the people that are pushing this now the satanic temple these people specifically their religion is used strictly as as a metaphor or an analogy for the way that we should live our life and do things. So I, I wanted to read to you the seven fundamental tenets of the Satanic Temple. 
One, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Basically, like, we're always growing, becoming better people, and that will change as time goes on. Three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. So you're the only one who says what your body should have anything to do Consent. with. Consent. Yeah. Four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forgo one's own. Basically, just like, don't be an asshole. Don't tell wait, people what to wait, do. Wait, wait, wait. If people are free to offend... Yeah. So why do they care that there's a Ten Commandments <clears throat> there if they're offended? It's... More of the calling out the hypocrisy of, of the law of separation of church and state and then not following it. Which I get, but at the same time, if you're offended by the Ten Commandments, sorry. I don't think they're offended by the Ten Commandments as an idea. I think that they are... Like, I get it. There shouldn't be a statue. I fully yeah. believe you. But offense is something that's like, oh, I disagree with what you're saying. But what they're saying is like, hey, this is unjust because you're put you're yeah. using tax money to right. push yeah. this on someone else. So what if it was donated? Um, I think it's still because they're donating theirs. So if it's right. if it's not kept, then how are you saying one is okay and the other is not? Right. Totally. Um, moving on. Da, da. Beliefs should conform to our best scientific understanding of the world. We should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit our beliefs. Uh, next is people are fallible. If we make a mistake, we should do our best to rectify it and remediate and remediate it. Rem- yeah, rem- remediate any harm that it may have caused. Uh, and then the last one is every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility and in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Basically saying, like, these are just rules that we think you should live by, but just be a good person. Right. And you'll be fine. Okay. But then, like, go into some of the other shit that he's preached, though. See, the guy is... He's yeah. dicey. <laughs> yeah. The guy himself is kind of dumb, but... He also loves a black vest and a black shirt. Yeah, he looks like... A, he looks like a 15-year-old got into, bat, like, well, goth he, makeup. That sounds and crazy. He looks like one of the alt-right guys. Yeah, he really Like, does. if he just changed shirts, that's what he, he looks, looks like. He looks like one of the guys from the alt-right got real into magic. And yes. before you ask me... <laughs> before you ask if I mean card tricks or the card game... Both. Both. Both, both. of them, both. for sure. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I think what they're doing is good... Sort of, I guess. I, I understand where they're coming from. I don't love the method, but I understand where they're coming from and yeah. am totally fine with removing all statues. I Including respect, that horrifying one, please. I respect the commitment to the bit. And that is... <laughs> Guys, if we roll a D3, that means that my bachelorette sculpture doesn't get taken down, okay? That is not accurate at all. A D3 <laughs> is real close to a critical failure. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't about? understand no how idea. the D&D works. So basically, if you roll, it's on a scale from 1 to 20, generally, when you're doing stuff like this. 1 being a critical fail, so a Three is you would probably fail but not hurt yourself. But also, why am I explaining this to you? I gotta go practice my magic tricks and get out to, <laughs> get out to Arkansas. Um, I Don't do keep question <laughs> just the, in the same way that I cre- question Christian churches that do the same. Um, the temple, the Satanic temple, tends to be politically focused. Yeah, and that worries the shit out of me for any religion. I tend to not be political for the fact that like. 
I mean, I think that that shit can get real dicey real quick. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I just wanted to bring it to light that that's happening. You've probably seen something on the news. What I wanted to it say is... It would probably actually already have been taken down by the time this episode goes out. Oh, almost definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to say that news. when you see something going on in the news, when you when you turn on the news and you see something weird, I just want you to know, Cult Podcast has a guy on the inside. <laughs> if you whenever s- you think of white supremacy... Think, Think of, of Armando, Armando Torres. Torres. <laughs> yeah! I told my mom. I told my white, white mom. Your German <laughs> white mom? Yeah, she was not as pleased as I thought she'd be. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so, uh, shit, don't. Don't drink, uh, don't drink anything that uh, a don't magician drink, hands you. Yeah, don't drink out of those sex glasses that oh, we covered. Yeah. Yikes! Don't drink out of any weird glass Tupperware you find. <laughs> um, so, if you want to hear more about what kind of sex creates glass casserole dishes, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Paige Wesley, or on Instagram at Rampage Wesley. And if you uh, you want to send me more messages about how much I make you think of white, white hate, uh, <laughs> go ahead and send those messages or follows or whatever to Twitter or Instagram at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff, all one word. And if you want to hear uh, about the kind of forking and spooning that I'm interested in, uh, <laughs> please follow me on all the things at Sundress Comic or uh, check out my podcast, Sundress Loves Everybody. Everybody? Everybody. Hmm. And if you want to send us spoons or forks that you created by spooning or forking, uh, <laughs> you can email us at cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. You can also follow us on the social medias. Uh, Twitter is cultpodcastshow and Instagram is at cultpodcast. If you want to send us an actual casserole dish that you created with the power of your fierce passionate lovemaking, oh. <laughs> uh, you can send that to 3756 West Avenue 40 Suite K number 237 like the shining los angeles california 90065 and and if you have hot sex on the beach and it turns that sand into glass for a casserole dish ooh, like sweet home alabama no i'm just thinking about like if we tell people that they're just gonna make us a casserole but instead of like lighting it with olive oil it's just cum it's just a bunch of cum (laughs) are these used condoms Um, yeah, and don't drink out of any glasses that have been made by weird sex Puritans. Or do. I'm not here or to do. judge. Don't don't drink liquids out of any random Tupperwares. Ugh. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. 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 Bye.